Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Christian, we have got to care about souls. That's, that's what the disciples did. That's what Jesus did. The word says go in the highways and hedges. I'm reminding you. See, we're starting today to remember. Amy already said, <clears throat> go back and look at the ancient landmarks. Remember what God has done in your life and know that you are the light of the world. Um, several people, and it reminded me, we had Tuesday morning prayer and Mame came and she impacted this lady's life. She goes, I enjoy talking to her. I enjoy visiting with her. And you know what? Whether Mame never mentioned Jesus or not, she planted a seed because she was kind to that woman. And so she can go back because she has an open door now. She built a relationship. I think about Bob on the back row. He gave his testimony that he's an, he was an atheist, raised as an atheist, and he is, he's asking God every day for somebody to witness to, somebody to share the, the life of Jesus with. And so with all that being said, you know, we ain't even got to the sermon, but listen to me. We have an obligation to bring a divine encounter to people. We have an obligation. We have it. We owe it to people to demonstrate or a demonstration of love, power. You know, what about power? The anointing of God on your life can bring power to somebody. And the last one is purity. When you live pure, people take notice. People don't want to hear your doctrine. They don't hear you beat them over the head with what you believe. Jesus didn't beat people over the head with what he believed. He talked about the kingdom and how good the kingdom was. An encounter with Jesus changed lives. Are you changing lives just by your presence, you being in their presence? Listen, it's an obligation. And I was reminded of a story. I was at work, and uh, the city was mowing. You know how the city mows the highways, or the people mow the highways, and you know how they mow? They mow the city, mows the, the street up that we come in and out up here. And the city worker was, was on a, a bush hog, and he's mowing. And somehow or another, his, his bush hog got tangled up in the wire that holds the pole up, and when it, he broke that wire and it whipped it up and it pulled down a, an electrical line, it broke and hit the ground and it's flopping because it's alive. Sparks are flying and the grass is catching on fire. The man's response, I'm about 150 to 200 yards away. He left his, his tractor running. He gets off. I'm watching this. I'm watching the, the, that line. It's, it's, it's popping all over the place. And it's live. It's hot. You know what that means? It'll kill you. I'm watching this, and he's 150, 200 yards away. He takes his water cooler off of his tractor. How I many you know water will conduct electricity? How I many you know it'll run right up that water and get him? I start screaming. No! Don't! I'm, I'm walking as fast. I'm, I'm trotting towards him. No! 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 And he slings the water. And I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. But it didn't shock him. But it could have. 
and I'm screaming, and I run down there and say, man, stay away from that. Why, why? Why was I obligated? Because I had something that he did. I knew something he didn't. I knew something that he didn't. I'm trying to save his life. There are people around you at work, you need to be trying to save their life. There is a hell. I don't know, we're going to talk about the God today, but God did not create hell for man. He created hell for demonic forces. But men go there, why? Because they do not accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Not because they're a drunk, not because they're a liar, not because of that. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, but you, do, you go to hell because you don't accept Jesus. So we have an obligation. So be kingdom-minded. What has God called us? See, we changed, uh, changed up our, our, our uh, to go make disciples. How simple is that? That's our mission statement. Go make disciples. You think you can remember that? That's easy, isn't it? We're to be disciple makers. Amen? Amen. Oh, boy. Lord, a pastor, don't. Yeah. But serious, it's an obligation. And listen to me. Listen to me. If you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, you can get somebody saved. See how calmly I wrote that? Because I know that it's true. But let me tell you, if God so loved the world that he gave you, and you better give your life to Jesus because he wants to give you everything. What I'm saying is right, but I'm delivering it wrong. You know what? Some of you need to practice and video yourself and see how mean you look. (laughs) We won't be mean. All right, well, so get ready. The next four weeks, we're going to be pushing. So you be planning, be praying. Praying and ask God, who can you witness to? Who do you need to lead, the, you know, who, who do you need to lead to the Lord? It may be the neighbor kid. Maybe the neighbors. Maybe that same person that checks you out at, at, at the grocery store or at McDonald's or whatever. But let's get, you, get your notes out. We're talking about remember. and We'll be talking about it, but let's look at number one, remember God's word. Oh, it's so important to remember the word of God. Proverbs 4, 4 through 5, David's writing uh, to his son, and he says, He also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. We need to know the word of God, and we need to retain the word and put it in our heart. Verse 5, it says, Get wisdom, get understanding, and don't forget to turn away, uh, not, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. And God says the same thing, to put the word in, in your heart, to live by the word, to be a doer of the word. Uh, it's the word that's the key. In Proverbs 4, 20 and 20 through 22, it says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. Everybody say life. And health to all their flesh. How many of you know the word of God brings life? It brings health. And that's why we, you know, that says that more than that place right there. We don't have time to go in how many times God said, put my word in your heart and live by it. And so as we look at Hebrews uh, 12, 1 through 2, I want you to look at this real quick. Therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that's the people who have passed on before, your great-grandmother, your grandfather, they're praying for you, they're believing for you. And, And so... We, we lay aside every weight and the sin that we easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
we got to lay aside our opinions and lay aside our ways and, and put the Word of God up. You know, there's another translation. Let's, let's, it says that we need, that if we do what God says, if we put the Word first, that we'll accomplish the goal. How I many you know Jesus accomplished His goal? Well, I don't want to go to the cross, Pastor. You don't have to go to a literal cross, but you need to take up your cross, he said. It means you need to take up your flesh and follow him. Romans 12, 2, this is where it says, Romans 12, 2 says, uh, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. What's the will of God for my life? I get that all the time. To know the word. Am I supposed to be a doctor? Am I supposed to, am I supposed to work at Burger King? Am I, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to know the Word of God. That's the will of God first. Then everything else lines up. Your life will line up when you know the Word of God because that's the will of God. Too many people don't know the Word of God so they don't have any clue about the will of God and they're led astray and they're back and forth because Grandma taught them that, trying to keep them in line. You know, Grandma will stretch you a little bit just to kind of keep you from, from her having to whip you. Yeah. And it's not scriptural. But she'll, you know, listen, you, you can't just make up stuff and have your own doctrine to try to believe what you want to believe. And you don't study the word to back up your doctrine. You know how many people study the word so they can attack somebody? Come on. That's not about that. Come on. It's walking in the revelation that God has for you. It's his will. His word is his will. Hebrews 4.12. It says that the word of God is living. That's why you can read it and read it again. You can go home and read these same scriptures and you can get something different. Because it's alive. This is not a history book. Oh yeah, there's history in it. But it's not just a history book. It's alive and living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, divides your soul and your spirit, joints in the marrow, discerning the thoughts and intents of the intent of the heart. Is that my spirit or is that, is that my mind talking to me? Well, the more you get in the Word, the more you can determine that. Because your mind will give you good ideals, but you want God ideals. Amen? So write this down. For the will of God for you is to know his word. If you didn't write that down. God's word is his will. You need to write that down. How many of you know that Jesus said in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that it is written when he was talking to the devil? It is written. It is written. It is written. Now I'm going to step on you just for a minute. How many of y'all ever Googled something? I do all the time. How to fix something, you know, fix something you hadn't done before. You can Google. Uh, I, I Google other countries sometimes to see if that's where God wants us to go and maybe start another church, huh? Okay, okay. Where is that at? Where is that at? So I'll Google it. And so if you'll take the time to Google something, how about when somebody upsets you, why don't you stop instead of meditating on how you're going to get revenge on them and Google what the Word says so you can heal your heart? Because you can Google the Word of God. There's all kinds of Bible apps out there, and you just have to put a phrase in it, like unforgiveness or to forgive, and it'll pull up all kinds of scriptures. But we'll take the time to you know how to change a flat. 
or how to tune a carburetor on the lawnmower or how to fix the dryer or the washer. I've done that. Replaced the seals, got to order them and everything. But how many times we get bent out of shape and we get all flustered in ourselves and we don't go to the Word of God. We don't say it is written. It is written. Body, mind, stop in the name of Jesus. You will not take revenge. You will not be angry. The Bible says to be angry and sin not. So you can get angry, but then you get over it. I mean, you know, I've met people brooding for 20 years. I hate that. Them Acres people right there. They, what, 20 years ago, they, he stole my G.I. Joe and pulled his head off. <laughs> oh, y'all ladies are laughing, but you know what? Y'all still harboring stuff when somebody stole your Barbie doll and did that. You know, men fight, you know, me and Tim get in a fist fight, and then we're best friends still the next day. Women fight, it's forever. <laughs> I've seen it. I raised girls. But hear me. Take the time to stop and judge yourselves and get the Word of God out. And you know what? You say, well, man, I, I just can't make heads or tails of this. Then Google it. The knowledge that has been put on the Internet is for the kingdom of God, not for the Google some naked woman. Okay? If you got time to Google a naked woman, you can Google the Word of God or a naked man or whatever thing you're chasing. Chase God with all the knowledge that's out there. Okay? Okay, okay. Because we just let stuff build up and build up and we don't take care of it. And you do, the, the example is Jesus. It is written. God don't come. It is written, Tim. No. It is written to me. The devil's dealing with me. I'm going to deal with the devil, and I'm going to say, no mind. It is written that I renew my mind with the Word of God, so I'm an overcomer. I can rest my thoughts, and I'm going to replace them with the Word of God, that I walk in peace, that I walk in love. The Word says that it's mine. No matter what all the hell's going on around me, I'm standing on the Word. The Word's my strength. The Word's my source. Jesus is the Word, John 1, 1. Now, we're going to move on, but we'll be hitting this uh, on and off for the next two or three Sundays. But number two, remember God's will for you. I'm just reminding you stuff that you know, but I want to stir you up. Remember God's will for you. 1 Timothy 2, 4, it's not on your sheet if you want to write it down. It's God's will that all men be saved, you included. God wants you saved, and God wants your neighbor saved. That's the will of God that all men be saved. Huh. Let's, we'll talk about salvation in just a second, a little bit more. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the, that Paul wrote that we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. W what does that mean? We'll, we'll talk about it. John 3, Nicodemus is walking with Jesus at night. They're walking and Nicodemus is asking him questions, and Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He's supposed to know the Word. Matter of fact, he's, he's memorized Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He just he memorized it. And he's walking with Jesus, and Jesus said, you know what, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is like, what? You remember James Payne? Say, what? And he goes, how, how can I do that? He goes, you're a teacher of the law. How can you not understand what I'm talking? You need a new spirit. David said, put a new spirit in me. Renew my spirit. Oh, David said, I long for the day that, that my spirit would be changed, that I, my sin would not be held against me. 
that God would renew a right spirit within me. When you get saved, God puts a right spirit on the inside of you. He changes you. You got the spirit of God on the inside of you. He changes and recreates your spirit. Uh, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. That you put off the... Uh, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. How many you know there's corruption in the world? How many you know the world from, t- from TV shows to commercials? I mean, they're trying to corrupt you. They're trying to corrupt your thinking. It's all right to be this way. It's all right. Well, the Word of God doesn't say that. You got to follow the Word of God and not what society says. Okay, I'm letting that sit there a minute. Because there's a lot of junk out there. But the word of God is still true. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new. There's no new drugs. There was drugs in Jesus' day. There was alcoholics in Jesus' day. There were prostitution in Jesus' day. There were gays in Jesus' day. I mean, Rome was decadent. I mean, it was the worst. We think about, oh, I don't know how I can live in this society. Come on. The Romans would kill you. That's what Jesus said. If they come for your coat, give them your coat too. Just turn the other cheek because I need you to live because you're a light and you're the salt. That's why. There's why you turn the other cheek? Because they, they would kill you. And Jesus said, just turn the other cheek and take it because I need you to be the salt and the light. Do you know what broke the Roman Empire? You remember that they were killing Christians? You ever read any of that where they'd put them in the arena where the gladiators fought and then they would turn lions loose on them, hungry lions where they would eat them and then they crucified them and they set them on fire. They burn them for days. They dip them in wax and, and they burn them or oil and they burn them. Do you know what, what caused them to stop that? A black plague, a plague came over the Roman society and people were dying like flies and people were leaving their family It was like if my wife got sick, I don't want to get sick. I left her. And she's in the bed dying of the plague. You know who left, who did not leave? Was the Christians. They went in and started ministering to those who were sick and gave them food and gave them drink. Some of them died that they were trying to help, and some of them lived, and some of the Christians died. They gave their lives serving those that were sick of the plague. And the Romans said, we need to quit killing these people because they're love. They show love. It changed the mindset. It changed changed their their culture. Their culture was to kill people that wasn't like them. It was their culture. You know what? I'm, I'm believing God, the Spirit of God, to change the culture in Southwest Virginia. That the heart's of the fathers would turn to the sons and the sons to the fathers and the mothers to the daughters and the daughters to the mothers and everybody turns to God. Can you agree with that? So, that you put off the old man. Look at the next verse. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We need to renew our mind. Renewing of the mind. And last verse, look, look at 24 that you put on the new man that was created according to God. That's, that's the born-again man. That's the new creation. You see, you, you just don't get saved up here. Look at me. Not in the head. It's in the heart. 
This is where your spirit, the Bible says, the belly of the man is a candle of the Lord, that God made man in his image and his likeness. He made you a spirit, and he made you uh, uh, have a mind or a soul, and he gave you a body. Three parts to you. And so you're supposed to put on the new man in the spirit that was created according to God, which is true righteousness and holiness. There's that purity. You got right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. So, let me say this. Let's talk about our salvation. Your salvation was bought and paid for at Calvary. For by grace, that's the gift of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith receives it. Faith walks it out. It's a free gift, but faith takes it. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I take that, Romans 10, 9, and 10. I, I say it with my, I believe in my heart that Jesus died on the cross for me. This is how you get saved. Listen, I believe in my heart that Jesus died on the cross for me. And now I pray it with my mouth, Father, I believe. Save me. And guess what? Works don't begin. Relationship begins. Your salvation is a relationship with God. Your salvation is a relationship with God. God likened it like a marriage in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands. Come on. It's a relationship. Christ loves us and we're to submit to him. Relationship. Or, or what's the other example we talked about four Sundays ago that we're the body and Jesus is the head. We have to submit to the head. There's not two bodies. There's not, you know, we're the body of Christ. He like, it's relationship. Guess what? I tell this hand to do this. Wait a minute, let me give you the beauty pageant wave. How about that? See, I can tell my hand to do the beauty pageant wave. I can give you that. I give you this. I, I'm doing this. My hand's not doing that on its own. My head tells the hand what to do. My, my head tells my feet to walk. My head or my spirit tells my mouth what to say. The head is the body of Jesus. He's the body of Christ. He's the head of the body of Christ. We're the body. We're his hands and feet. If he's going to get anything done in the earth, he's going to do it through you. Well, Lord, do something. Oh, he's waiting on you. He's empowered you. We can get into this, but I want you to remind you that you've got authority, you've got power, you've got the name of Jesus, you've got the blood of Jesus, you've got all these things. We're going to stir all that up in these next few weeks. Get ready because you need to be reminded because you forget. How many of you are trying to cook, ladies? Oh, just winging it. Okay, let's see. It was a cup of flour, a cup of sugar. You're going to leave something out. I mean, you know me, I... I I need to go to the grocery store, get milk, bread, this, that, and the other. I got it. Oh, what, what did they say? What, what, you know, Patrick ordered a pizza. He said, but pepperonis and burger and uh, what? I forgot mushrooms. What, what, what? You forget. That's why it's, it's so critical. That's why Jesus said, remember, 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 remember. To remind yourself and remember. Remember. It's a covenant term. Can you remember learning how to ride a bicycle? Can you remember having a wreck on a bicycle? I can remember the wrecks more than I can learning how. They were painful. 
So, so th- that's the thing. You need to remember what God has done. Remind yourself that your salvation is not works. It's a relationship. But guess what? Out of the relationship comes works. I show you my relationship by my works. I show you my love by my works. John said that if you can't love your brother whom you see, you can't love God whom you cannot see. So I have to love him on purpose. I love him on purpose. I love her on purpose. I love her and her and him and her on purpose because I love God. Doesn't matter what they do, how they act, whether they deserve it or not. I didn't deserve it, but he put it in me. Come on, it's a relationship. And out of that relationship, and, and see, the more I know the word, the closer I get to him. Because you know how it is. So, so let's just talk about marriage and the relationship. I'm going to pick on Katie. You know, she's been married for a little while. But uh, I remember when her and Dylan were dating. And, and I know they had these, hey, baby, hey, what you doing? <laughs> yeah. We, we're going to go out and eat Friday. Where you want to go? Well, I like lamb chops. She said, I like lamb chops. We're going to go and get some. You know, he's like, what? But he's learning what she likes and what she doesn't like. You see what I'm saying? When you get into the Word of God and you deal with God as in a relationship, you learn what He likes and what He doesn't like. Matter of fact, he's, the Spirit of God's on the inside of you and it tells you what He doesn't like. Huh? Jesus said it like this. We're just going to skip the reference, but listen. Jesus said you don't put new wine in old wineskins because they'll bust. That's why you've got to be born again for the Spirit of God to come fully reside in you. When you're born again, you can have the full measure of the Holy Ghost. You can have the Holy Spirit come live. You're the house of God. And God's Spirit wants to live in you in a greater measure. And the, the, the more you obey the Spirit of God on the inside of you, the greater measure He lives in you. Because, see, it's not you obeying doctrine. It's you obeying the Spirit. Because doctrine will cut you. You know, so I always say, you know, you ever been headbutted by somebody with their helmet of salvation? Man, that hurt. What is that about? They headbutted me. I mean, I was doing a funeral one time with this other person and, and going in, you know, you're going in to do a funeral. I've got my mind on the scriptures. I'm trying to, I'm thinking about the family and, and, and the other pastor's wife turned around and just headbutted me. And I'm like, we going in here to do a funeral and you're going to do that to me? Throw your doctrine at me and headbutt me that, you know, well, thank God you're good. You know, I'm like, what? You see, we got to be led by the Spirit. And the Spirit always produces fruit. And the Spirit always will guide you to a, a greater measure of the Father and Him and Jesus. The Holy Spirit's always pointing to God the Father and Jesus. And you've got the Holy Spirit. And you may not be filled with, and you know what, what's, what's amazing to me is people run from the very thing they need. They get that conviction in their heart, they shouldn't be doing it, and they go, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to do it anyway. Or the very thing they need is to submit under, to the Holy Spirit and sit down in a church, and they run from church. I ain't church, I ain't that all a bunch of hypocrites anyway. Well, ain't nobody perfect. And when you stand before God, you can say you didn't come to church because all, all the hypocrites going to be in heaven that receive Jesus, okay? I'll be one too. I don't live 100% right, but God's still working on us all. So don't be judging what other people say. Judge yourself. Look to yourself. What's the Spirit of God wanting to do in you? Where is he wanting to take you? He wanting to take you to the next level. 
We want to go to the next level. So we're containers. The greater the, the measure of the Holy Spirit in you, the greater your relationship with God. And the only way, sure, it's free gift, but you've got to open yourself up. Listen, I, 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 was, I grew up as a Baptist boy, and, you know, and I heard all kinds of stuff, tongues of the devil. And you don't want to do all that, and, and they made you afraid of tongues. How many of you know God is not, does not give us a spirit of fear? Huh? And he's not the author of confusion. And I've heard so many confusing messages on tongues and, and, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I had to get in the Word and dig it out myself. The Bible says that we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, respect of God and His Word. Because people's opinions are, are always true. And their opinion may not be for you. Maybe for them. <laughs> God may be trying to keep them in line. And you're not even dealing with it. Hear me. Open yourselves up to the Spirit of God. Tongues is a great thing. It's an empowering thing. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to be confused by. That's another doorway to the greater of God. The grace of God was given that you could be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, that you could walk close to God, that you could have relationship with Him, fellowship with Him, Amen? So where are my ushers? Ushers, you're going to get ready to go ahead and get ready to serve communion today. Number three is we're going to do remember communion. <coughs> but I want to encourage you. That it takes faith to walk in obedience. Let me read some things to you. Look at me and just let the ushers ush. Okay? Are you looking at me? Obedience is not measured by one's ability to obey laws and principles. Obedience, as I already said, is measured by your response to the voice of God on the inside of you. What caused John the Baptist to step out into the wilderness? The voice of God. Huh? To get out away from, from, from I, I'm not going to do that anymore. God's not going to send you to a cave or a mountain. You know what? He sent him to a place and people came to him so he could preach to them. Listen to me. God will have you separate yourself from maybe certain TV shows or people that pull you down. And so you need to obey God. Sometimes you need to back away from people and get your feet underneath you and get the word of God underneath you and know who you are. And then you can step back into it. And you can say, no, because they're affecting you. How many know people will manipulate you? They'll try to manipulate you to believe the way they believe and get you all bent out of shape and things like that. Go ahead and serve for me, ushers. I want you to hold it because we're going to talk about the communion. They're going to serve the, the elements. Uh, but, but God will have you separate yourself to it. So we need to obey. I had to sell my house one time and move away from some people. Craziness, ain't it? Because they were crazy. They were pulling me down. I'm trying to live for God with all my heart and all my might. And I, can't, I couldn't live. It's time to pack up. Time to go. My responsibility is to obey, to surrender my heart and yield myself to the will of God. It is in this process of obedience that we gain understanding. You can't get peace that passes understanding until you give up the right to understand. 
Too many times we want to get it in our head and understand and understand and understand the Word of God until we get bent out. We're, we're, we're just confused and mad and upset. I don't get that. I never was taught that. I don't understand that. Forget that. God's not the author of that. He's not the author of arguments over His Word. The ones where you argue with somebody, but how about the arguments in your head? He's not the author of that. He's the author of love, joy, and peace. And we're to follow him in that relationship with love, joy, and peace. What is communion? It's a point of contact. Jesus said, we do this when we get to heaven. When everything's said and done and we're all, everybody that's going to get born again, we're going to sit down with Jesus and take communion. That's going to be awesome. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen? Let me read some scriptures and set this up. 1 Corinthians 1.18. The preaching of the gospel is not foolishness. It is life. That's what 1 Corinthians 1.18 says. In 1 Corinthians 15, it said, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Don't let the world tell you that it's foolishness and talk you out of your salvation. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 1-8. I, I got excited in reading this, and I want to stir you up. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-8. Let me know if it gets up there. I'm going to pull it up because i got to read it. I already read it. All right. Let's go start with the first verse. One through eight. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, the good news that I preach to you, which, you also, which also you received and in which you stand. Come on, we're standing in this relationship. I want you to listen to me now. Look at what he's saying. Verse 2. By which you were saved, if you hold fast to that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. And look at verse 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That's what we're going to do is we're remembering, but we're setting it up. Look at verse 4 and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. This is what we're celebrating. This is what we're remembering, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. In verse 5, and that he was seen of Peter, Cephas, Peter, then by the other 12, or the whole 12. Come on. And then after that he was seen of 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present. They're still alive is what he said. And some have already fallen asleep or some have died. 500 who saw Jesus, who was raised from the dead after the third day, they saw him, talked to him, felt of him. They knew him, 500 of them. 
every detective that's worth their salt will tell you that 500 people, matter of fact, three people can't keep a secret. The greatest robbers and thieves are the ones that do it by themselves. And they have to watch their own mouth to keep from bragging. But 500 people saw Jesus alive. And nobody, matter of fact, the disciples gave their life staying, saying, and staying on the word and staying on the truth that Jesus was alive. This thing's real. That's why we remember. Look in in verse 7. And after that, he was seen of James, who was his brother. And church history tells us that that he spent a lot of times with James. James became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, and he taught James. And somebody said they called him camel knees because he was on his knees all the time. And his knees were calloused from praying. Wow. Then by all the apostles, in last verse 8, and last he was seen of me also as by one born out of due time, Paul Jesus taught Paul personally, appeared to him, knocked him off a horse. Come on. And Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Come on. He said, this thing's real. He rejected everything. His political power, his place in the, in the synagogues, as a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he was going to be the top man, and he followed Jesus. I want to look at Hebrews 10, 19 through 21 right quick. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. You know, the veil was torn. That's his flesh was torn. That we can enter in. We can go, wow. Wow, the presence of God, the glory of God. We can enter into the Holy of Holies and having a high priest over the house of God who is Jesus. And we can go right up to him right now. That's what we're about to do. Every time we worship, that's what we do. We're in his presence. And see, when we all come together in one accord, it's so important that you clap. Because we all clap together, we're in one accord and the presence of God comes stronger. It's so important that we all raise our hands together because we're entering. It's all important if you can't sing, at least say the words. So we're all in one accord because that's what it said in Acts 2, 4. When they were in one accord, the Spirit of God came. Oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming even in greater measures than we have seen on us, on our church. And because we're all going to get in one accord. It's not my opinion or your opinion. We're going to follow the Word of God. And we want to believe the Word of God. We want to believe and and ask the Holy Spirit to come and welcome Him in our lives. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 11. We'll read 23 to 26. And this is what Paul, he taught, said, For I have received from the Lord that which I have also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same manner, he also took the cup and after uh, supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do uh, this do in remembrance as you drink it in remembrance of me. I want to drop down to verse 28. Oh. But he says, when you do this, let every let a man examine himself so that and let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So we remember what Jesus did and we look at ourselves and examine ourselves and make sure that there is nothing in our lives between the Lord and us. And what it's talking about is repentance. Not that you got some major sin, but the Holy Spirit will convict you of the little things. Let me Repentance in the Greek is a change of mind, a change of purpose, a change of will. A change of mind, a change of purpose, a change of will. If Jesus had to repent, well, wait a minute, Pastor, he was perfect. He said, Father, take this cup from me in the garden. Sweating blood, taking our sins upon him. That's when it started. Remember that? That's when it started. Great drops of blood. He sweated. And he said, take this cup from me. Three times, take this cup from me. But he said, not my will, but your will be done. That's what I'm asking. That's repenting. Not my will, Lord your will in my life. Jesus did that, not that he had to, he did that for us, to teach us that we need to be clean. We not, not my will, not my way, your way. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Come on, not my will, but your will. So he took the bread and he blessed it. So we're going to take the bread. Father, we come and we remember what Jesus did at Calvary for us. We remember that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our guilt and iniquities, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. I release peace in the name of Jesus because it's been paid for. I, receive, I release the forgiveness of sins because it's been paid for. I, I, I release everything that's been paid for Father, help us to receive by your grace and your mercy. Help us to receive it, to live it, to walk it out. As we've heard the word today, increase our faith to walk it out. We remember that Jesus died so we could be empowered to walk this walk. In Jesus' name, partake of the bread. Just thank him for that broken body. Thank you, Lord, that you bore our sickness and our infirmities. In the same manner, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Mm. My blood was shed. You see, in the Old Testament, they killed lambs and goats and things, and it just covered their sins. It didn't wash them away. But your sin has been sent so far. It's been washed away, cleansed. It's been removed. Can you forget your sin? Can you let it be washed away today? Too many of us are holding on to what 
failures that we've had. Our failures rule us. Even how we look rules us. How you look does not matter. Money that you have, house you live in, that doesn't matter. What matters is your relationship. The blood of Jesus was shed that you could enter in and have relationship with Jesus. You could enter into the Holy of Holies. You have Jesus interceding for you and by his blood. You have forgiveness, righteousness, holiness, purity. So, Father, this is your blood. We remember what Christ did, that he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, we remember that that blood has been poured out on the mercy seat in heaven. It's still there. There's still power in the blood. There's power to forgive. There's power to heal. There's power to restore. There's power to bring back everything. So let us partake in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands just for a few more moments. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you that we've been washed in the blood. Washed in the blood, washed in the blood. Father, we thank you that the power is still available by the blood of the Lamb. That it's still there on the mercy seat. Declaring come to all those who do not know you to come and receive. Thank you, Lord. Won't you bow your heads for a second? Put your hands down. Want you to pray. Why, why, why close my eyes, Pastor? I want you to look at your heart. Be free today. Be free. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You sat through this whole service wondering, what is this? Or, or the Spirit of God's been drawing you and pulling on you. Will you accept Him as Lord? Will you make Him your Lord? Will you make Him Savior? Will you? Just lift your hand and say, that's me. Anybody? Maybe you did it a long time ago. Maybe you haven't been living right. Listen, what we just did by the breaking of the bread and the the wine or the juice is to remember that Jesus still loves you and he will not leave you alone until you come and live for him. He will not leave you alone because he loves you. Okay, look at me. I got one more thing to say. The Spirit of God just put in my heart. Look at me real quick. If you have a family member, a sister, a brother, a mother, a father, a child that does not know Jesus or is not living for Jesus, they're, so to speak, the prodigal son. 
Do you know God's still working on them? But you know what your part is? For your mother, for your father, for your sister, your brother, for your children, is to be like the father in the story of the prodigal son and be looking for them. Stand at the door and look for them to come. <laughs> when we used to have family get-togethers as a kid, I'd stand at the door and see who's going come down the driveway. Excited to see them. Can't wait till they get here because the fun's going to start. How many of you know the fun's already started? That you need to be standing at the door believing that they're coming and looking for them to come, not saying, well, it looks bad, it's terrible. Your mouth destroys your life. That's next Sunday's intro. It will. The, product, the father was always looking down the road for that son to come. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content Find out more about our upcoming events and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.